Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. It's Tuesday, August 10th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Various indicators have been floating around for a long time to help gauge the health of the economy. Now, some say Facebook posts could be an important factor, especially as they increase as we continue to battle the pandemic. Really, it's a story of, an, of in many ways, a bright recovery, but an uneven recovery. Should Facebook posts be a key economic indicator? We'll explore that question in just a few minutes. St. Louis County's executive is calling on the county council to adopt a mask mandate at tonight's meeting. A restriction recently put in place was quickly reversed by the council and is in legal limbo. Sam Page wants the panel to adopt a similar measure that is on tonight's agenda. And let the legalities of the initial public health order on masks play out in court. Time is of the essence. Kids are heading back to the classroom to make new friends, to see old friends, prepare for their future. He is also urging people to get vaccinated as children prepare to return to school. He says many council members are in favor of a mask mandate. He is encouraging residents to reach out to those members to voice concerns. In St. Louis County, the number of coronavirus cases has gone up to roughly 310 new cases a day. That is six times more than what it was in June. Many political leaders in Missouri are stressing vaccinations are the best way out of the pandemic. That includes Democratic State Senator Greg Razor, who touched on the subject during an appearance on Politically Speaking. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports. The rise of the Delta variant prompted some local governments in Missouri to reimplement mask mandates, including in St. Louis and Kansas City. Razor says his constituents aren't happy that masking is back, but understand that it's needed to blunt the spread of the virus. Razor says the focus should continue to be on getting people vaccinated, which substantially reduces the chances that a person will end up in the hospital. The sooner you do it, the sooner we can stop wearing these masks, the sooner that small businesses can stop worrying about, are they going to see a decline in business again? Are we going to have to have a shutdown again? Republican Attorney General Eric Schmidt has filed several lawsuits against mass mandates in recent weeks. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. The saliva-based COVID test developed by the University of Illinois will be made available to school districts throughout the state. Governor J.B. Pritzker made that announcement late last week. U of I epidemiologist Becky Smith says some schools have already started regular testing with children as young as preschool age. She says the SHIELD Illinois program will help schools figure out logistics. Some schools have the line in the gymnasium approach. Others have what they call the drool train, where they have a cart that goes from classroom to classroom and uh, students can come out to the hallway and, and provide their sample and then go back to class. Smith says samples will be analyzed at labs throughout the state and results will be shared with parents through an app or web portal. Illinois' pension obligations for state retirees has ballooned to nearly $145 billion. That estimate is based on what Illinois officials describe as official calculations from state pension analysts. Hannah Meisel reports. $144 billion is the highest Illinois' unfunded pension liability has ever been. 
Illinois could chip away at some of that debt, or at least to slow its growth, by paying more into the state's retirement systems than what's absolutely required by law. But teachers' retirement system spokesman Dave Urbanik acknowledges that's just not Illinois' fiscal reality, and has never been during the entire 80-year history of TRS. There is never enough resources to pay the actuarially correct For several years now, payments to Illinois' five retirement systems have made up about a quarter of the state's budget. And the last time lawmakers tried to curtail pension benefits to save money, the state's Supreme Court declared it unconstitutional. I'm Hannah Meisel. Missouri is marking its bicentennial today. It became the nation's 24th state in 1821. Events have been held over the past few days in several locations. Today, there will be a formal ceremony at the Missouri State Capitol. It will include the unveiling of a bicentennial stamp and a citizenship ceremony. Economists have long used various metrics to measure the economy, but should Facebook posts be one of them? From the Midwest Newsroom and Nebraska Public Media, data journalist Daniel Wheaton posed that question to several business owners. That's the sound of someone wanting to enter the other room, a speakeasy-style cocktail bar in Lincoln's Haymarket. Inside, fewer than 30 people can sit and enjoy cocktails that have earned national recognition. While service has returned to pre-pandemic normal, the past 16 months have changed how the business operates and how it communicates online. We wanted to communicate our story Mm -hmm. throughout it. Um, As we're not seeing customers, we want to tell them what's going on. Right. Um, If we can let you behind the curtain. That's the bar's owner, Matt Taylor. The other room was one of thousands of businesses whose posts on Facebook have been tracked by Facebook throughout the entire pandemic. That data was presented in an interactive dashboard. On it, businesses are broken down by sectors, retail, restaurants, travel and so on. And the data is available at the national, state and county level. Here's Laura McGorman, a public policy manager with Facebook. By measuring the frequency of small businesses posting activity on Facebook, you could actually get a window into what was going on in their local community. Across the nation, the rate of posting followed the broad arc of the pandemic. The second half of last March saw restaurants posting at rates nearly double the pre-pandemic normal, and during the first shutdowns, posting rates dipped below the baseline. Now, once you aggregate all geographies and sectors, posting rates remain at about 80% of normal. Really it's a story of, an, of, in many ways, a bright recovery, but an uneven recovery. But this data isn't perfect. Valerie Jones is an advertising and public relations professor at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. She teaches digital analytics classes and tells students to be mindful of the limitations of any kind of social media data. One of the fundamental things I try to teach is, is have a hypothesis or have a set of research, research questions You know, before you start looking at the data, because otherwise it's just overwhelming. And just because posts are going up or going down, that doesn't translate to actual business health. For instance, in Iowa, grocery stores have been posting almost double the baseline since the pandemic began. In Missouri, travel business postings have been down all summer as the state has dealt with a spike in cases caused by the Delta variant. Still, the pandemic has allowed businesses to extend their reach further into the digital space. Apotheosis Comics and Lounge has been a gathering space for fans of all kinds. 
And once the shutdowns began, this St. Louis comic book store had to move to online sales and beer delivery. The owner, Martin Casas, says the hardest part of the early pandemic was the uncertainty. That's kind of was the hardest thing about the pandemic, right, was that everybody had so much they needed to say or talk about or figure out, but they couldn't do it with each other. It all had to be online. Casas was able to keep up the community element of his comic book shop, though, through teasing new releases and sharing other comic content when people couldn't be in the store physically. He admits the most difficult portion now is dealing with customers who no longer worry about the pandemic, particularly those from more rural parts of Missouri. And that's one of the, the, the things that's really frustrating about being in a urban area in an extreme uh, red state is that, you know, our priorities are very much focused on, like, making sure people are safe and healthy, whereas the rest of the state is, like, trying to set an example for, like, personal freedom and liberty. Outside the dining and drinking sector, increased time spent online has meant more brick-and-mortar businesses are investing in social media. DNM Roofing and Siding operates in Omaha and Des Moines. Their business has increased during the pandemic as people working from home have noticed their houses needed some repairs. Lindsay Pate runs the social media for DNM and admits that her job reflects the current reality of running a small business in the digital age. When you think of a roofing company, like you said, it's not your typical industry to be active on social media. This strategy has paid off, though. When a thunderstorm toppled trees in Omaha last month, Pate used that opportunity to showcase the repair work they do. No matter what uh, happens, being online and, and going digital is just the way of the world now. Back in the other room in Lincoln, a bartender mixes a Mumbai expedition a mauve red cocktail that won a James Beard Award in 2015. Matt Taylor says he'll continue to offer cocktail kits moving forward and keep his messaging strategies he's adopted during the pandemic. We want to think of the business page as a friend of, of the consumer. Reporting for the Midwest Newsroom, from Nebraska Public Media, I'm Daniel Wheaton. The Midwest Newsroom is a collaboration which includes Nebraska Public Media, NPR, and public radio stations in Iowa, Kansas, and Missouri. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.